0: may have heard of us all right what's up fantasy book fans this is steven your host from phantology along with my lifelong friends josh ben and ryan no jake this time for our monthly episode it's it's tough to get all five phantology members on at the same time but we do have four of us so i think uh any listener should be happy to hear that news
2: and it's made up for the fact that me and Ryan are together. So there's no like split in the screen, you know? Yeah. If you're watching you on YouTube, we do and, have uh, yeah.
0: Ben and Ryan are actually on the same screen. It's it's also a rare occurrence when we're able to get uh, more than one of us per screen. So this is, this is fun. It's probably fun for you guys. It's like normal for me. It's, it's not much of a difference actually.
1: <laughs> this is interesting uh, streaming from Ben's setup and I say that because I have a blinding ring light in front of me. I don't know how Ben, Ben deals with this. It's like, just, I'm almost, Oh, Oh, okay. He, he's turning this it down. This is, oh, also- oh yeah. That's, that's
0: better. Oh, there you go. They get some orange in there that, yeah. yeah. That's more natural skin tones. Yeah. Def- definitely better.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. We were, we were rushing to get started. Okay. I didn't have a chance to. Uh...
0: Okay. So now that Ryan can see, I think we're ready to get started. And our topic of discussion today, we're not doing a top three this month, but our topic of discussion is the fantasy book trends that we are tired of. The, the trends, the tropes, whatever, the things that we read a lot that we've just read too much of or we've never liked, et cetera. Anything, we're just being super critical and negative in this episode.
2: <laughs> and you know, any viewers, were, viewers viewers will know that we don't often like go negative Um, You know, we try and keep things pretty upbeat and lighthearted on the channel. So, sure. you know, uh, well, and we're not going to be like
0: actively attacking authors and be like this author sucks because they always do these things. It's just going to be like,
2: you know, kind of in general. Yeah. 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 This is kind of us giving ourselves permission to uh, to be a little negative. And we're going to get a great like clickbaity thumbnail uh, out of it. So, yes, I'm sure we will. Right, Josh? (laughs) Oh, hopefully.
0: (laughs) All right. Who's going to start us off with their uh, hot, spicy take for trends that they hate?
1: I think Steven, I think you should start us off.
0: You're going to make me start? Okay. <laughs> I, I have several, so you, we might just kind of riff off of mine. Uh, okay. So, so okay. Let me try it Hopefully I can explain this correctly. So there's a lot of times where the female protagonist, if there's a female protagonist, has to like break the mold of society and be this plucky character who goes against all the societal rules and you, you know what I'm talking about like like I, the, I'm
2: not like all the other girls
0: yeah exactly the, I'm not yeah exactly right right so why does every female pretend? like not everyone I'm, I'm exaggerating but why does it have to be this exaggerated why can't we have a woman who's cool but also is like
2: you know well, still it,
0: it, in society but also just like cool and normal because of that
2: I think that's kind of funny because it seems like with male protags it's like all of them start off as completely like average like you know rand is the average farm boy same with matt and perrin you know Uh completely average harry potter is the completely average or you know like boy under the stairs nothing unusual about it you just go like down the list like frodo you know down the list of male protags throughout fantasy (laughs) and and most of them are just like completely pretty normal yeah. Even even like I started the Red Queen's War today, uh, or the first book in the Red Queen's War, and like mm-hmm. the male protag that, like he definitely has a personality, but it's not like he's unlike all the other boys, you know, he's just like kind of a womanizer.
0: Mm, same.
2: Yeah, but kind of what you would expect maybe like a sophomore in college that's good looking to act like is kind of how. So Josh it. is saying make male protags great again. <laughs> no, Josh no, no. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I think it's interesting. Let's well, not go in that direction. <laughs> no, I think it's just interesting because with it seems like with male protags, like what they don't need to be, yeah, like, yeah, they don't need to break the mold. Yeah, it they're, is interesting. yeah, they're intentionally not breaking the mold. And then I mm-hmm. see what Steven's saying. It's like the female protags are busting every ceiling.
1: So I wonder if Steven's point, um, if the characters you're thinking of, if they're primarily written by male authors, I wonder if, uh, because male authors are notoriously bad at writing female protagonists. So maybe it's an effort to try and uh, write 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 a a woman who is i mean maybe we don't we, we don't have a of the best understanding of normal women or we can't replicate them in, in, in mm. books very well and so the best way that we can do it is is by trying to create an out of the box yeah girl. i don't know maybe i'm way off base here no but... i see what you're
2: saying like it's it's a lot harder to screw up a character that's unlike anybody in the whole world right compared to mess up a character that's like supposed to be like a more like normal like quote-unquote normal person Mm -hmm. you know
0: could it just come down to the the sins of the patriarchy right like in order to have in order to have an interesting in order to have an interesting female character like the societies that are usually set up kind of put women into these boxes where they could only have so many roles and if we want the the female protagonist to be interesting and do cool stuff well they've kind of like basically break them all and be like do the cool things that the men usually
2: Yeah. So so the couple books and we're we're not trying to like call things out. The couple series I'm thinking about right now specifically are the Poppy War and uh the Side of Verse books by Brandon Sanderson. Um
1: the Poppy War is not by Brandon
2: no, sorry. Cidoverse is Brandon Sanders and Poppy War is by uh uh-huh. RF, Quang. Rf. Quang.
0: Rf. Quang. The Ciderverse is the uh the Spencer books, with yeah, Skyward. Skyward. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, Uh-huh. And those are two very different uh female protags, but they are both like they need to bust every like break every glass ceiling that there is. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna kind of I don't know. Is are those kind of the characters that you're referring to, Stephen? um those actually
0: didn't come to mind i was more thinking like vin or denna from king killer like oh interesting okay you know there's no other characters no other women like them around hermione maybe yeah although hermione is still like within her yeah 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 like anything hermione does is something another woman at hogwarts could do i think
2: one of the ones i was thinking about in the same book, again by Sanderson, is like Shallan versus Kaladin. Mm-hmm. Kaladin is a pretty normal. I mean, we get more of his backstory, and we're not going to spoil or anything. But you know, he starts off as being—he's you know, highly uh, capable, but yeah, a soldier. Within, uh, yeah. yeah, a soldier that has had a few bad breaks is what like Kalladin's presented at the beginning of Stormlight. Right. right. Whereas Shallan, at the beginning of Stormlight, is yeah, out there to to break molds.
0: Well, she does meet up right away with Yasna, who's another woman who is also breaking a lot of molds and is kind of presented as her mentor. And, you know, I, and I I don't think that those are necessarily like bad examples or, you know, we should be up in arms as feminists, like, you know, this is garbage type stuff, but I just think it's, I, I don't know, like what does it take to have a book where the protagonist is a woman and does cool things, but can do so like within the societal norms of being a woman.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, cool. So, yeah, that's probably a we spicy could, we take. We, yeah, we've so already offended started, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> we've, we've, we've got shut off by the far
2: right immediately. So, <laughs> well, I'm, I think probably far left with saying that women should act within societal norms. Yeah, to, to um, stop things. upholding the patriarchy, Stephen. We've already yeah, just okay. offended everybody.
0: Yeah, we've offended everyone. All right, so if you're still <laughs> listening, which may be no one, uh, on to take number two. Who's going to do this right.
2: one? I, I got one which I'm, which I'm torn about. But I wanted to discuss with you guys. And that is the idea of extended universes and multiple connecting books. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm thinking a lot about this right now is because, again, I just mentioned that I started for a book in the Red Ra- Ra- Queen's War, which is yeah. Mark Lawrence's Extended Universe. Which Does that have a name, Ryan? You're kind of our resident Mark Lawrence guy. Uh,
1: I, I didn't realize I was that. Um, but I, I don't know. I would need to i would need to look I, okay I
2: but it's not like it's something good. as it's not like the cosmere has like a sanderson's
0: the world is the broken empire i mean i know that's the name of the trilogy but maybe that's what it's referred yeah. to as as
2: well i don't know
1: that it's like really an extended universe are, are you referring to his other trilogy that he wrote i mean those are both set in the same world red queen's war and broken empire
2: well but like book of the ancestors as well and, oh yeah, that's true. And uh, I think and he has like another trilogy that universe so, as well. So you're
0: just saying any books where there are separate stories, separate trilogies, whatever, separate series that have at least like ancillary connections between them. Yeah, and there's something bigger going on.
2: Yeah. So I don't know if it all needs to stop. Of course, I don't think that because like the Cosmere is probably like, my favorite ongoing project, and you know that heavily relies on this. So I'm I'm not saying that like I want it to stop. But I think that people are probably, and again, like Mark Lawrence, I really like everything I read by him. So I'm not saying Mark Lawrence needs to stop and saying, you know, but I think that people need to proceed a little bit with caution here because I think that if it's not handled well, they can probably get overwhelming pretty quickly. It's kind of one of the reasons why I've been hesitant to continue to read Robin Hobb because I know that, like, I feel like I'm going to have to read, like, so I've read the Assassin's trilogy and then mm-hmm. there's, you know, 13 more books that are all interconnected and so i know it's kind of just ancillary i guess but like it's i feel like it's putting a barrier to entry for me to jump into the rest of the books because uh
0: that that is not true though like there's not strong there's not super strong connections where you have to read the other ones it's definitely well, would, it's definitely not true that i mean that maybe that's just in i didn't yeah.
1: read the in between ones for robin hobb i just read the fitz fitz's storyline all the way through whereas steven Steven did bounce back and
2: forth. Mm. But, but I'm the type of person that feels like I would be missing out if I didn't. Like, So you've you know, got
0: the completionist mentality.
2: A little bit, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: so that that's just what I wanted to throw out there. What do, what do you guys think?
0: Mm. I mean, I'm trying to play Elden Ring right now, and I've got that same issue where it's like, I got to go to every little possible location on this map or... I'm not going to go anywhere. And honestly, well, sometimes that you, also from... cor-
2: you also got all the court. You yeah, also got all the core in breath. Yeah, I was
0: just, I was just bored for like months at a time during COVID. But I honestly, Josh, I feel kind of the same way. Like I, sometimes I have time, but I don't play Elden Ring because I'm like, oh gosh, like this is such a big undertaking. Like, I don't know if I really want to do it. Like I've got to like do all these things and it becomes this huge checklist. So maybe it's the same type of issue.
2: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think that it's tough because I'm motivated to do that for Cosmere because I think that there will be payoffs with the connected universe, right? Like I, Mm, I think that like all these characters are going to start influencing each other and interacting with each other. And we've started to see that a little bit, but when it comes to like connected universes for other authors, like there's too many small Easter eggs that like, I would be worried about missing that really don't have much of a payoff. It's just like, kind of like, uh, like Stephen King, like trying to like, you know, track down every, everything that's mentioned in his works. You could just like drive yourself crazy doing it. So, Mm. and there's no real like massive payoff for doing it either. So what's kind of the, what's the point of it then,
0: you know? Why is it so cool when in these extended universes, another character pops in, it's like mind blowing, like, Oh my gosh, this character's in the book. Like, I can't believe it. And it's so cool. And Honestly, like, I think it's usually cool, but I'm just like, why do I feel that way? And I'm thinking about the the, the uh, Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness, is coming out later this week, and I'm excited to see it. And I've seen from the trailers that Professor X is supposed to be in it in some limited role, and I'm like, I'm excited to see that. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, he's in it. Like, is that really a big deal? Am I just being tricked into thinking it's something that I care about?
1: I think it's fun to see see characters who wouldn't otherwise otherwise interact um, show up together and see see how they react with each other and I mean that's part of the fun of the most recent Spider-Man movie. Uh, I won't go quite into exactly what, but there are different characters um, which okay, we I'm haven't sure. seen
0: yeah.
1: which we haven't seen together and then mm. and, and wouldn't otherwise see together in a normal canon storyline. And um, maybe, maybe it's kind of like, if you see one of your friends, like mm-hmm. in a place, you don't really expect them, like, just a coincidence, you end up at like the same restaurant at the uh-huh. same time. And, and it's like, you're like, hey, how's it going? Like, <laughs> it, it's not like, exceptional to see that friend by any means, but it, it's, it's just like, like yeah, mm-hmm.
2: that's okay. a great, that's a great analogy, right? For me, it yeah, almost feels like yeah. more like I saw a teacher in like this, this door where it's like, does this person exist outside of like this <laughs> one space that they should exist in, you know? Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I, I do, I do like, that's a very similar feeling though. It's like, yeah, like this kind of fan service where they're, they're, they are kind of drawing on that emotion. I don't know if it's tricking you, but it's definitely playing to that emotion.
1: I would, I would just like to say that I think extended universes when well done are super cool. Um, because, there's lots of surface level things uh, for the everyday fan. And then there's lots of underlying threads that you can pick up that, which aren't hundred percent necessary for any reader. I mean, maybe, maybe there are some readers like Josh who would feel like pressured to be like, oh, did I miss something here? Did I miss something here? Um, So maybe it's not ideal in every scenario, but I kind of like it. And I don't mind when, when I like look up, videos of things that other people picked up that I don't pick up because then it's like oh yeah that's right like I totally missed that I think that Mm. that's also very fun for myself and it's it's fun to try and pick on those pick up on those things as a community as well and so I think that yeah when it's well done by an author I I think it's really cool but maybe it's it's not for
2: every so
0: so Josh's dislike has been (laughs) has been disproved
2: josh (laughs) Josh, Josh just clarifies yeah i just wanted to bring that up what one one creator that's not doing books but he's making movies is uh mike flanagan who did like haunting of hill hill house blind manor and uh what's the newest latest one Community on the island so he has like a theme themes that go through but they're all they're all discrete, you know like uh separate things. They don't, they don't, they're not like all tied into each other. So I just think that there's there's other ways that I feel like authors can be creative and like uh tie thematically things things together or just create these projects that don't necessarily have to all be interconnected. And so I just wanted to like throw that out there as something that I hope gets a little bit leveled out right now in mm-hmm. fantasy.
0: Because so it almost creates this like barrier to entry by default because if you don't have 10 books written where you can create the universe, then it's hard to have that same level of excitement with your, with your books.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that plays into it too. Mm. Okay. Who's got another one. See, I think it's back over to you, but you said you had a whole list. All right. Of them, so. All right. All right. All
0: right. Yeah. I've got a few. Um, okay. Let me, let me try to come up with my uh, best ones here. So. Okay. One that I really dislike are when there's some, big reveal or twist or something that the author is trying to make happen. But the hints at that are pretty clunky. Like someone will say, you know, I'll let you know this big secret when I come back and then they never do. I'm thinking of like, for example, I'll just say some examples, like example, this one would be Ned Stark and Jon Snow, right? At the beginning of uh, Game of Thrones Who's like, I'm going to tell you what's up with you when you're trying to avoid spoilers. When you, when I return, and of course, like it, it never happens, right? Uh, so, so it's just like so obvious that there's some twist coming with this thing. But then as a reader, like any reader is going to pick up on that. It's almost like an insult to the readers, like, okay, obviously there's something going on here. Like, I don't think as a reader, I should feel that way. I should feel surprised because I didn't pick up that something was going on. And then the twist happens and I'm like, oh, this
2: is amazing. I think you should. I think you should. I think you should be able to pick up on it, but I think you have to be um, excited that you picked up on it. Yeah, I think is. is I don't want do it just
0: served up to me on a platter. You know, yeah. like someone says something, and then another character casts a significant look over at them, and you know their gaze lingers, and it's like, okay, why is he even writing this? It's obviously important.
2: This thing, this this exact same thing happened to me in the book. I. I mean, I don't know if we we're gonna talk about that right now because it's not out yet. But literally, a character was like, "Oh yeah, I'll tell you all the secrets tomorrow morning." And guess what happened that night? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're not around. I'm guessing. Yeah, uh-huh. happens.
2: yeah. Uh-huh. This is the first time that these. Characters, it's just so. It's like, and and I just read it. I'm like, okay, well now I know what's gonna happen the rest of this chapter. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like okay. So, I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know if there's there's no rule of defending that <laughs> so um but then why does it happen so
0: often i mean <laughs> it maybe like it's just because it's to, hard it's, it's, it's probably hard a story to, yeah right like it's hard to really set up these really awesome twists like brandon sanderson does a really good job of not doing this yeah. as i'm reading Mistborn, i'm realizing i'm rereading Mistborn right now i'm realizing how well the twists are like he builds them up and he slowly gives you more information But there's never a time where you're like, oh, gosh, it's like so obvious. Like this one thing must be very important.
2: So an example of somebody that does kind of the opposite of what you're saying to defend this a little bit is Stephen King will basically tell you like, and this is the last time he left his home or like he'll tell you basically that this character is going to die or that some major Uh thing is going to happen. But instead of feeling like it's spoiling it, it's feeling like it's building this massive amount of like suspense, drama and suspense. Like you want to know what's going to happen. And usually it pays off really well. And it's building, it's kind of like building up the crescendo of like, okay, you know that something bad is going to happen. And then you don't know quite when it's getting to pay off, but it's, but, it's building the ominous tone of it without just, uh, I'm just going to say though, Josh. Yeah. With, the, with that example, I love it as an example, but part of the jarringness of that is because it suddenly breaks the fourth wall right yeah, yeah like like it doesn't try and do it in a cheesy storytelling way it's just like you're engaged in the story somebody leaves the house and then like this like narrator's voice comes on and it's like and that's the last time you're like he's gonna see his child again or something you know what i mean like yeah and it's mm-hmm. and it's so jarring and it's it like hits you on like a visceral level because you're not used to that type of storytelling technique
1: hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not one i have Stephen King's are obviously a very capable author, but I mean that seems almost like a case of like um just telling rather than showing, you know, just saying like that's the last time he left his home. Whereas Stevens is more like showing, not telling, or yeah. It, 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 it doesn't, doesn't quite feel that to me. Um so in some sense, some senses it, it might be better to do it one way rather than the other i don't know it, it's maybe it's just a literary thing it, it it clues it clues the reader in that there is something more there without telling them exactly and i think steven's criticism is you're you're like i don't really want to be clued in. i you know i want to try and figure it out on my own is that what what you're saying Stephen?
0: yeah yeah i want to feel smart i don't i don't want to be told what it is yeah, it's, you want
2: to you want to have to use a magnifying glass to find the clue, not just have the clue like have the camera pan over to the clue and zoom in on it. Yeah, know? exactly, exactly.
0: My
1: my wife is is very good when she watches TV shows with me because I'm always like, oh, I bet this is gonna happen. I bet this is gonna happen, and maybe like one in five times it happens. But when it does happen, I'm like, I called it. You <laughs> see, I'm a genius. I should
2: write the story. <laughs>
0: So if you just guess everything, you're eventually gonna
2: call the twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anybody watches Survivor, I know you three do. I always like trying to guess who's gonna be voted off based on like how much time they're spending on like, uh-huh. that person in the episode. It's like, oh, they, they give that guy a lot of screen time, he's for sure going home. Oh, no, I'm yeah. usually wrong. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know, <laughs> I don't know how I can never get it right. But
0: yeah. and then you yeah. watch
2: I I'm a I am am part of Bachelor Nation, I'm just throwing it out there. But uh Oof. people big. Of- <laughs> <laughs> insert that meme there em- embarrassing uh, um, but you you go on youtube and people will like predict based on one trailer like the next three people that are going home or like <laughs> everybody that goes home the next week and they're like right 90 percent of the time so people have this dialed down to like a science on how the producers set these type of things up but That's this is a whole different channel mm. Thought. Josh has his other podcast. I do not have another <laughs> podcast of I am not that far into Bachelor Nation.
0: <laughs> Bachelorology with Josh. <laughs> All right, oh, what's, our okay. next, uh, what's our next? What's our next? I have one that yeah, Ryan
1: that is I feel like can be well done and and bring a lot of uh, anticipation in and it, and maybe it's not exclusive to fantasy. It's it's kind of just books and movies, and that is almost like where there's. A big romance going on and then one of them is like you know basically dies or or the story makes the other person think they died and you know then they're just the lover is just like beside themselves and then later on in the story it through some twist it comes like you know the soldier went off to the war and then they were Mm. killed but they were really captured and you know, tortured, and then they come back twenty years later, and then there's like this kind of crazy. I don't know. It, it's just so strange because their lives have changed so much, and then they come back together later on. um I do really like it when it's done correctly, but it can be very.
2: Ryan's going back to the original trend of Monte Cristo.
1: Yeah, one. It <laughs> was a good one. I like the movie better than the book. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Can, can I just expand this out a little bit? to Say, just romance in general and fan, fantasy kind of sucks.
0: What what yeah. would be good? I mean, romance is a thing that people like in their lives. So how can we put it into fantasy in a way that people are gonna like?
1: I don't I don't know. I think that not many male authors are great at it. I, is that is that bad for me to say? And a lot of fantasy authors are male. It's
0: what are yeah. what are examples that you have liked?
1: Well, I, I, I do now. This is controversial. I do like the, the Quoth and Denna. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> really come
2: right. on, Ryan!
0: No, so Ryan, I do too. That, that's one, yeah,
1: which, which is written by um
2: by a man.
0: right? Um, right, but I mean, obviously, it's not the perfect relationship by any stretch, like,
2: no, it's like the most toxic relationship by every stretch. We're not.
1: We're not going to go too far into into that, but
2: it's very Steven, compelling, Steven though. Stephen
1: and I, I Steven and I have talked about this. I think Stephen and I both. Uh, we really like romantic subplots in books, and we will admit that. Okay. Yeah, we, I. am here. Sensitive side.
0: I'm here for your cheesy teen romance and fantasy books. Usually, not. I mean, not Twilight, but yeah, so, actual. K- actual books
2: <laughs> what what i do like what i do like and I, I i do defend is the vin ellen romance it's not done like there's not a whole lot of romance romance to it but honestly mm-hmm. the relationship like seems pretty believable and i i've been rereading Mistborn too i finished the second one and the second one had kind of that mm-hmm. relationship And i don't mind it like yeah mm-hmm. there's not like a whole lot of cheesiness but it seems like a functional relationship on like how how relations would generally work in the i
1: guess i don't mind it but it's like is it that compelling am i just like yeah what turning the page waiting to see like when are when are vin and ellen yeah get back no, together what's but, gonna but that, happen next but, between
2: but that's them? what that, that's kind of my point is that like i don't feel like every romance and fantasy needs to be that i wish that there was just like some more healthy relationships mm. in fantasy
0: so you're saying josh you you appreciate the believable romances ones that actually seem like they have some human elements to them and like could exist in real life. And we don't need the clickbaity compelling elements of romance. Like, will they, won't they type stuff like that stuff isn't as believable to you. You don't really care about that. You're, you're more there for like the real human
2: relationship. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm going to say one of my favorite relationships of all time that I've read is from 11, It's a book by Stephen King. And it's like those. So the plot is that he goes back in time to rescue JFK, but there's a romance that develops in it, and it is at the same time the main plot of the book and takes a backseat at certain times in the book. And it's very believable. It's it just feels like two real characters. So I think in order for fantasy to give relationships the justice they need, it does have to revolve a certain amount around the relationship because that's just like how humans work most of the time we're like relationship based creatures right like that's Mm -hmm. so um and i just don't think that as a fantasy reader i'd necessarily want to read about that um when i'm reading Mm -hmm. fantasy so it's it's a tough i don't know that's why i think that um, so it's a tough line to walk as to how much
0: attention you give to the fantasy or to the romance aspect of your fantasy book versus the cool magic and stuff
2: I get what you're saying, Ben, but there's also like a ton of really good friendships in fantasy that I'm really behind, you know, like that, that are good quote unquote relationships. Yeah, but it's a lot easier to have a functional one-dimensional friendship than it is to, like, if you have a one-dimensional relationship in fantasy, it's just, it's no fun to read about. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Take like Locke and John from, from Gentleman Bastards and i would not describe their friendship as one dimensional i think that's sure. a very you know complicated multifaceted friendship right but you can say that most of the plot revolves around their friendship right and at yeah. certain times the plot takes a backseat to their friendship so that's what i'm yeah, saying so- it's a very similar concept to 112263 where it's like their their friendship is the front and center most of the time yeah. yeah but i i guess what i'm saying is i i think i i'm waiting for there to be a a Romantic relationship on par with Locke and John's uh, <laughs> platonic friendship. You know, uh-huh. what, Josh, just in your head cannon, you can make. Them be can, yeah, Irish they could be in a relationship. Already at it, but I don't know. That's that's just what I'm saying. Uh-huh. like Anyway, there there's that. And Ryan, sorry, that was yours that I commandeered um to extend okay. your, your one trope into do that rant, but anyway this is this is turning into what us like throwing out tropes that we're annoyed by and then just getting smashed
0: <laughs> right right right
2: i don't i don't
1: think i was smashed
2: <laughs> you weren't smashed yeah that's true
1: I, I i'm i'm trying to think of more more really compelling romances um that i mean i heard that one romance that's really good that i haven't read is in the his dark materials series
2: um, yeah i also okay. have yeah. yeah okay I, yeah but that's kind of weird because they're like it's more 12. like kids yeah yeah well
1: you can i mean you can still have romantic feelings without yeah having yeah
2: I, so. I i agree that that one is good yeah it, it is good it is good
0: although they are younger i don't want to say spoilers for the series because it's a long series and the romance kind of develops over time but uh, i think in dresden files like the romance there I mean, there, Ooh, there yeah. are there are some romances, but I think the one, if you read it, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Like that, that develops pretty well and yeah. gets pretty deep and multifaceted mm-hmm. over the course yeah. of a lot of pages.
2: I agree. I totally agree. You just need 15 books to to do that. And, yeah, okay, I'm going to throw, throw out one more. I'm going to throw out one more epigraphs. Ep- Ooh. Yeah, that's what they're called, right? Epigraphs, epigraphs. or epitaphs. You know, ep- 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 epitaphs.
0: I'll, I'll unashamedly admit that I do not know the difference between like four different ways to say <laughs> it's like epigraph, epithet. Uh, I think there's a couple others I, I off the top of my head. Okay, I Well, for remember, readers
2: but... that we've successfully confused as to what I'm actually yeah. talking about, it's like the little like three sentences.
0: Yeah, the italicized part italicized at the beginning of the chapter.
2: Before of a chapter that like, yeah, that's supposed, like I have never, In my life, successfully incorporated those into my reading at all. Like I read them, I don't understand them, and I just I continue on. Normally, there's a point. Normally, there's a part where all of them are strung together. Well, and then it's kind of laid out for me. But I've never like like what are you supposed to do with them? Like write them all down and then put them together yourself. Dude, have you read Mistborn? Yeah, and I didn't understand what was going on until it was explained to me. Until it's incorporated into the narrative. Yeah, yeah, but you're together. you're
0: slowly getting. I mean, I can't reveal why this works without revealing the plot no, of no, Mistborn. I, but I, you're slowly getting more and more details of something else that then becomes huge by the end, like altogether. I,
2: I get, I get what Ben's saying though, is that like he wasn't actively trying to figure out that mystery as he was reading the epitaphs, but when it was revealed, the revelation happened. Then that, then that. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. and. The fact that like, it kind of goes to that clunkiness of storytelling, where that at some level is the author not being able to figure out how to reveal that in another way. And so it has to be done through like an epigraph or epi- whatever. I, don't, it I is. don't
1: think that it's necessarily clunky. I think it's intentional when an author does that.
2: I mean, sure, but. <sighs> And I do think that Miss has done particularly well because they're being taken from. I mean, Sanderson does a really good job in general of like having in-world text explain where these things are coming from. But still, it's still like I get it's one of those things where I get annoyed because I want it's like I want to figure it out. I don't want to incorporate that stuff, but like I just have never been able. to. Would this be a solution for you, Ben? Because I think this might be a solution for me. Is in the in the back of the book if they're all laid out so that you could just read if they are kind of like Mistborn where it uh-huh. it is their sentence to sentence, like if that's typed out for you at the back of the book so that you can go read like the last few and then like kind of get that, that could caught be. up yeah. because I feel like I'm always afraid to Google something like that when I'm reading it because mm-hmm. I know I'm going to see spoilers for it. And then it's too much work to go back. Like, I don't want to break up my reading to go back to, yeah. you know, flip back to each yeah. chapter. So I think a little tool like that where if it's just a few pages of those being strung together would be yeah with like little chapter like you know on the side kind of 16 You're on discord 18, little spoiler like <laughs> tags uh, yes
0: yeah, spoiler tags you can click on in the book um <laughs> ryan what do you think of the way that malazan does this i'm reading house of chains right now and every chapter starts with a little paragraph it's usually from some history somewhere that's like got this mm-hmm. vague yeah. connection say what's that
1: Fisher Kelta was like one of the
0: authors who will write those. Oh, is he one um, of the historians? Oh, what's yeah. that,
2: Stephen? You're not picking up on random. Uh... <laughs> well, I, I'm I, I'm
0: sure that I haven't got to that point in the series yet.
1: I <laughs> think it's um, I think it's a bit harder. Harder to understand those than other books. I but I that's agree. <laughs> that's, that's Malazan for you, right? It, yeah, that's
0: that's in general. Yeah, like a
1: dense forest you're trying to see through, and <laughs> you come, sometimes you get glimpses and you get excited. Another time you just see a yeah. bunch of trees and you're like, what's the big deal?
0: Sometimes those things enhance my reading experience. Like, oh, okay, like I pick up a little details. Sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what the significance of this few sentences are.
1: It's usually the latter for me in, in Malazan. And, I, and I'm picking more up when I, as I reread and listen or read those. And um, I, I can kind of understand the reference a bit more, but mm. it's definitely harder to get through, which is the name of the game with Look at the Fallen. If you're a masochist who likes who likes those books, then you'll you'll probably enjoy those maybe. <laughs>
0: Okay, we have like two or three minutes left to discuss. Is there is there one more? Is there a quick hitter that, that you guys have?
2: I want to, does anybody have a trend that they would want to see develop? Like to kind of flip this on its head. Like, does anybody want to see like more multimedia like functionality? Like say, for example, like audiobooks with more background noise or like pot, or a Spotify playlists being developed along with the book or like giving Alexa the ability to control your like lights when something happens in the book like <laughs> are there any like these like meta trends that you guys want to see happen okay
0: so ben's technological advancements <laughs> along with reading
2: well i don't uh, know i mean that's that one's kind of far out there but those things sound cool things. to me okay. Okay. i i, I, I books do being have... sold with hard covers <laughs> <laughs> i I, yes. wait, I i do have one more thing sorry to i i i i want, I want to answer All your right, question. Just... Just take over Josh. Here we go. Do it, Josh. But I have one just more thing it. that's that's bugging me. And I feel like some books are just developed to be made into movies or TVs. And that bugs me. When, when YA has stuff. entered the chat. Yeah. <laughs> what? But even like I Stephen, said YA has entered oh. the chat. Even even like some yeah. of the recent Stephen King books I've i read, I've done that, you know. Like here's a screenplay, Hollywood. Yeah, kind of. And I and it sucks because the, I know that's where a lot of authors make a lot of their money. Mm. But I feel like you can tell when a book is like I like. Let's get this optioned, you know, for a movie. Versus,
0: mm.
1: what's what's a book you've read recently? Like the
2: kind. Of, I don't want to say it because I I really like Stephen King, but kind of like the Mister Mercedes trilogy, and and The Outsider. Um, mm. It's all kind of like I don't feel like you necessarily did that, but the adaptations were made really.
0: Yeah, like um, it, okay, like he's at the point with with Hollywood where it is just like the natural course of yeah what he's writing yeah it's yeah hmm. that's okay. right
2: yeah anyway that's, that's yeah. interesting that's...
0: usually epic fantasy is not that way yes, yeah it, right. it takes a while to do an adaptation of epic fantasy yeah
2: in fact when you look at dresden i mean i know dresden has gotten one tv you know show made but like it's kind of like right. the reverse right like it's gone like away from more of a screenplay and more towards like the epicness, you know? Mm, Yeah. It would be very easy to develop the first 10 Dresden books into a TV show slash movie. Mm It would be very hard to develop the last two into, you know, TV slash movie. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. The last two actually wouldn't be that bad, but the last- Okay, Okay, those are very cinematic, but you're bringing, you're introducing a lot more characters. You're like making the audience a lot more work to figure out like how everything connects, so.
0: Right, right. Okay, let us know uh, yep. in the comments below or at on uh, our Discord, which you can join in the link below in the description. Let us know what trends you like, uh, what trends you don't like, what you disagree with, why we uh, started with too many crazy political views.
2: <laughs> uh, how, <laughs> how bad we're going to be canceled first <laughs> for our hot takes at the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's probably my bad. I don't know. I feel like we tried to kind of we, we, we were we were reasonable in that discussion i, I think we're okay we're
2: <laughs> fair and balanced
0: <laughs> yeah yeah okay uh, if we weren't canceled for our uh takedown of the night's watch stuff in wheel of time i think at this point like we're good to go
2: sounds good all right thanks guys me and ryan are gonna go party
0: oh thanks for the invite
2: <laughs> okay bye everyone all right see ya